Hi, welcome to the Freudcast. In this year of all years, what really is the meaning of Black History Month? Without mentioning that other major issue of 2020, surely every month since May has rightly been defined by the past and present experiences of black people in the US, the UK and elsewhere. At the time of recording, in October, it is Black History Month in the UK. In the US and Canada, it's commemorated in February. But perhaps there is more hope than ever, wherever people are, that what is happening now can lead to longer-lasting positive change. The Freudcast got together Hefseba Kwachi Saka, Lornette Harley and Katush Gol, who are all young black women working in PR and communications. And they discussed the issues with our own Tosin Iomi. Um, how does this Black History Month differ for you personally? Um, start with you, Lornette. It's interesting because I literally had this conversation maybe a week, two weeks ago. I um, recently started a new job at an agency called The Unmistakables and it's like a diversity consultancy essentially and we ran a Black History Month campaign where we were basically telling, we spoke to a load of Black History makers um, on what they want to see from brands in Black History Month and then sort of putting that out as lessons for brands and then I had a conversation, this for me is the first Black History Month that I have actively quote unquote participated in in years because typically I just I just don't don't ask me questions about it. I will not be on that panel. I will not write this anything. Don't just know. Because for a really long time, Black History Month just felt like a month to like talk about black people who were dead or to talk about slavery. And I was just a bit like, it's so much more than that. And I think for me, as opposed to wanting to be a person that changed it, I was just like, you guys talk your talk out. I'll just sit this one out. Like I've got birthdays in October that I'll celebrate. Like that's enough for me. So I've just always been like, no, not really my thing. Um, and equally, what is a month? But that's a whole other conversation. Um, this year, I've probably had. It's, I haven't done much, but like I've obviously spoken to Tosin for the Black Voices in PR conversation, and then the campaign that the Unmistakables was running, I've like posted about that and like reposted other bits about it. So I haven't been wildly vocal, but I've been more vocal than I ever have. And I think seeing it when you come off of the back of George Floyd and this summer, like it feels like a different. There's definitely a different energy in this Black History Month, which is. I want to say nice to see, but then equally the thing that started it wasn't great to see. Um, yeah, so for me, it feels different because of everything that happened over the summer and then because I'm I'm like participating in it this year as well. I think opposite to Lonette, I usually get really involved in Black History Month. And this year, I think I've been involved, but I think I felt like I've a bit more withdrawn from it in some ways and then not in others so i did african history at uni and so i've always been really passionate about history anyway so the fact that it's called black history month for me it was always a massive deal i saw it as a springboard by which we could have a really productive conversation so i always wanted it to be something that we were prepared to talk about and this year that sort of extra effort that I would usually put in to incentivize other people I don't have to do because of what's been going on. Mm -hmm. So now people are engaged, which is good, which is great. Um, 
I just, for me, I think the biggest aspect of Black History Month for me is the, the emphasis on history. Um, because of my background, I'm really invested in us understanding the mechanisms and that how things are by design and they're not by mistake that we experience what we experience because you can't really understand how to dismantle something if you don't know how it's built do you so for me understanding the history part of it is very important looking at it from a very interconnected encompassing perspective mm. and for me it's very much like kind of a global understanding of what blackness is and how our stories connect to one another and how what we're engaging with and what we're trying to overcome is a lot bigger than our smaller context and that they're just jigsaws in a much larger picture. Mm. And I think in Britain, I think because of the way this country is, it's important that we remember that and that how we experience things are very much connected to other diasporas and I think that's really valid. So yeah, Black History Month for me this year, in light of the killing of George Floyd and others. I don't know, it's been a really, it's been great that it's brought the conversation to the forefront. I just wanna make sure that we are leading the conversation. Black History Month has never really meant anything to me for a really long time. So a bit of my background, I, I was born in Ghana. Um, so the idea of being black was never really a thing until I moved to the UK. So it feels a bit of a strange exercise. And because I work in PR, it, it has always felt like a, like a news moment, like a, a way to, for brands to sell their products or to appeal to a different, um, a different group that they don't engage with any other month. So I sort of felt like it was a bit of a brand exercise, but this year, I feel like with what, you know, the tragic thing that happened to George Floyd and how the conversations around Black lives has shifted, I think people are more inclined to listen. Um, I remember when The Birth of a Nation, the film, um, I think it came out a couple of years ago, 2016, um, by this actor and director called Nate Parker, and his insistence on showing this version of black history, but also not selling it to a streaming platform was that people were locked into a, locked in a cinema and couldn't avoid this story, which is a different slave story than people were used to. I think what this pandemic has provided is for a way to not miss that conversation. I think people are more engaged than they've ever been um, with black lives. Um, but I hope that it is not just lip service and that in a few months from now we can go back to those brands and be like oh remember when you cared about black lives how are you keeping that going um and I think you know like like um the lady that spoke before me said you know it, it, it's very important that we're leading those conversations you know when Sainsbury's puts out that statement about caring about their staff members who are black and caring about their customers that are black who's making that statement who's writing that statement and how is that really reflected so for me it you know personally Black History Month doesn't really mean anything to me because I, I, I feel like it's you know the things that people focus on is slavery but yeah, black history goes way before then. Um, but I'm glad the brands are, are paying attention. 
um, just to touch up on what you said about the fact that you were born and you grew up in Ghana. I was I, I was born in Nigeria, but I grew up here. My best friend grew up in Nigeria, and I think she's very similar. Um, she lives she lives back in Nigeria now, but she always says she's like I don't understand the hype around Black History Month. I'm not understanding. Like I've always I live with Black people. I'm Black. I only see Blackers around me. So she was like, when I came over for uni, she was like, you guys really take this month so seriously. And for her, it really just would always go over her head because she'd be like, I was Black last month, and yeah. I'm still Black this month. So for her, it was I just I. Know, she was always baffled she'd I'd be like do you want to go to an ACS black history event she'd be like no I'm, I'm okay but I think she said like after a while she said I kind of understand because it's different for you guys growing up here um this is all you know and you didn't sometimes you'd be the only black person in the class or you'd be the only black person in the environment so she was like I can't relate to that but you know I, I see why you know it's important for some people to really celebrate it um, you know, I've been joined by all three of you, um, beautiful black ladies. The intersectionality of being both black and female is something that is often overlooked, but I think it shouldn't be overlooked because our experiences are different from um, black men. So as black women, um, how would you, I know for some of you this month doesn't mean that much, but how would you like to see yourself maybe celebrated or talked more about during this month and beyond? And personally, how would you say you celebrate yourselves in your individual lives um start with you Hatish. being a black woman is um a great experience i love the fact that i'm a black woman um i find that for me that they're inextricable from each other mm. you are never one thing in isolation and identities are layered so for me i'm a black disabled woman i can never decide to be one of those three things at a given time i am always all of them constantly um, I always tell people you are a black something because the moment you remove the layered identities that can exist within being black, you're doing a disservice to our liberation. You're not making sure that you're accounting for the needs of everybody across the board. And so, yeah, as a black disabled woman at that, I find what I would love to see in Black History Month, I suppose, and beyond. As for me, Black History Month is always a springboard for a conversation. It allows us to take advantage of the time period to make sure our issues come to the fore. So we should be attuned to these things year round and then have everything in accordance and ready for Black History Month so that the conversations can be re reappropriated in the mainstream context to our benefit. Um, yeah, as a black woman, I want there to be a concerted effort into looking at the importance of black women. Um, I jokingly said to a friend one time that diversity is always white women and black men. It's never, it's never looked at as, it's almost like the two are seen as, are seen as mutually exclusive, mm -hmm. that they are diametrically opposed. And that has its roots in a lot of really problematic views of what womanhood is, what gender looks like, you know, what race means to gender and what that means to things like sexuality. Like it, it, it's a lot more contrived, a lot more carefully orchestrated than we would appreciate. All we know is that we don't feel seen. And so for that reason, I would, I think what we need to do is amplify the voices of black women. So. Being here today is an amazing example of that because I'm here with you all and you're all very amazing black women and I I want to see more of that. I want to see in particular, I want to see dark-skinned black women black, being represented 
I want to see them being done a service where they are complex, you know, where they are self-determining, where it doesn't have to be the version of black that is, that is digestible to the mainstream because then you're not prioritizing the needs of black people you're prioritizing the consumer taste and preferences of a mainstream that doesn't really respect us anyway which is why we need these things so for me it's very important that we're prioritizing dark-skinned black women we're prioritizing black femmes black lgbtq plus people black disabled people and we're making sure that their voices because if you if you address those people within the black movement, you're covering the needs of everybody. Mm -hmm. If you limit yourself to only looking at the experiences of black men, you've left out the majority of black people. And it reproduces different forms of inequality within the structure that don't benefit us. And eventually, all forms of discrimination catch up with the group that think that they've avoided it anyway, mm -hmm. because it's systemic. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, yeah, so I need, I need a, a more representative black image that has dark-skinned black women in it, that doesn't reinforce the idea that femininity is tied to whiteness. I need to see black queer people, black disabled people within the media, within branding. Like, I don't wanna see a campaign that has a black man, but has a black woman who is to the preference of the mainstream, because then what are you achieving? Are you committed? to our well-being are you showing a duty of care to what what we need and how we feel you know so our voices need to be listened to you know i'd love for people to be able to get training on what discrimination actually looks like mm -hmm. rather than it being a checkbox exercise mm -hmm. so that we're really considering who is being left out of the conversation who is not being invited to speak so you guys have set the precedent with inviting us to speak today I was so glad that the mention of um, dark-skinned black women came up um, because for me, because I work in the PR industry, I work in the media industry. So a lot of the spokespeople that I see in the industry are, you know, when you know people are brought on TV to comment about black issues, they fall into the, you know, stand, the European standard of beauty. So they are lighter skin, their, their nose is shaped more like a white woman, or they, they seem more palatable, um, um, for the masses and I, I rarely ever see women, like big black women on TV I never really see like really dark skinned women on TV I don't see you know, black skinned women who are, who are in braids instead of weaves on TV I don't like, I don't see what a natural presentation uh, uh, is and then I fear that a lot of young black women growing up are not are starting to not see themselves as valuable. So for me, I would like to see uh, more darker skinned women celebrated. And you know, I understand the black you know Black History Month is looking at our history and looking at the people who have you know laid the foundations. But I also want to hear more than you know Rosa Parks because I'm sure that there are women and black women who did amazing things that we don't even know about. But all I hear is about you know Rosa Parks, Harriet Harriet. Tubman and they are amazing um but I don't really hear uh, much about the other women who I feel like were 
you know, put down the foundations um, for our freedom and for our liberty, but also outside of America. I never, it's very rare that I hear about black British women who have made an impact um you know, on British society. And I know that there are so many people, if you look in archives that you can find, um, who, you know, who have led, you know, riots and who have changed certain laws. Um, but I, I, I really sometimes really struggle to, to, to find, um, those types of representation. So, you know, for my industry, I would like to see more documentaries being made about, um, you know, you know, women who have led, you know, for example, the Brixton riots, I'm sure there was a woman who was leading some of those. So I just want our history told to us by our people, um, and people who look like me um, on screen, because that's kind of my area of work. And I think I would just add, I wholeheartedly agree with everything um, that these guys have said. I would add like an understanding of what protects black women means because I think it's come to light a lot most recently that people seem to think it's just if somebody is trying to hit us stop them if someone's trying to hurt us stop them but the black woman is such a beautifully complex entity in itself and when we say protect black women we also mean that when one of us is shot in the foot and then the person that shoots them in the foot releases an album, don't tell me, I understand that he's cancelled, but this album slept, don't tell me that. And don't tell me that that doesn't mean that you're not protecting black women. It literally, that is exactly what it means. Like, black women, and it's been said, I don't even know how many times, but we are the most unprotected, disrespected human. So when we ask to be protected. It's not even because we're weak and we really, really need it. It's because society has never, ever stopped treating us like we're nothing, like ever, like as a whole. And so when we say protect black women, we're talking to white women, white men, black men, black women, just like understanding that there's so much like, even something as simple as like there was um, somebody I worked with once and they just said to me, there's just something about the hug of a black woman. And I was like, you're right. There really, really is. Like it just hits different when I hug my mom, when I hug my dad. Like it's just, it's different. And it's like in the same way that you come to black women for that love, please remember that if we're constantly pouring, we're going to need to be filled at some point. And I know an extraordinary amount of extraordinary black women and we 100% look after and protect ourselves. And now I think the three of you to my list of black women that I will look after and protect. <laughs> but it would just be extraordinary to see other people just really understand what that means and do it in theory and in practice. For me, I would love, love to see. Honestly, and then like we, you know, to add on to that, you know, maybe maybe it's the word protect that is confusing people, and I I think what that word should re be replaced with is show up for Black women. Like yeah. when we say we need help, show up for us. We don't need you to physically put yourself in front of a oncoming train or an oncoming bullet. We just need you to show up and say yes. I understand the thing that you're going through because. 
when George Floyd was murdered, it was black women who were on the ground first showing up for him and showing him that we love him. The amount of times I see, you know, whenever a black man is shot and killed, I see tweets going out from black women saying, black men, we love you. I don't see that ever happen when a black woman is attacked from black men. So I think, you know, yes, we want white people to come out and support us and we need allies to be able to make this you know, movement move. But I need black men to show up for black women because I feel like that is really where it's lacking. Um, we've kind of touched on this a little bit because I know that, you know, we will do sometimes side-eye brands when it comes to campaigns because we do feel like sometimes it can be a bit performative. But I just wanted to just know if like you guys have seen any campaigns this month that maybe you've seen and you're like, actually, you know, this is more of what I want to see. This is actually um, highlighting us in a positive way. This is highlighting us in a way that I, as a black person, feel comfortable receiving. So um, I just wanted to see whether you had come up with any campaigns this month or even previous, if you can't think of anything for this year. Um, let's start with um, this time. Um, I I would I would start with the previous um, one that I really liked was the um, um, I think it was called Fifty Nine Black Men, which was done by an artist where he wanted to change the perspective. I mean, again, it's about black men, but I really like how it was done um, to change the perspective of how black men were seen. So it was people, it was men from all sorts of backgrounds from politicians like David Lamy to business owner, business owners like um, the, I forget his name, Emmanuel Idusei, who owns Vite London, which is a luxury watch brand um, and getting them to wear hoods, um, black hoods. And it was, you know, those kind of, um, full shot of the face um, of you know what can be described as threatening but actually in real life these men are not threatening at all um, and I like that M- M- MNC Saatchi really you know put their weight behind it and you know put it up in a gallery and there was loads of PR about it and I feel like it really did make um, it really made a statement um, at a time when it really mattered um, so I, I was really imp- I was really impressed by that um, and I'll say also recently with you know having big brands come out and say that they are in support of Black History Month and they hear the pain and the suffering that they're they're colleagues and their customers go through for me that was that was really impressive um they didn't have to come out and say that because obviously with coming out to say that means that there is an onslaught of backlash from the right and people who feel like black people are having too much of a moment um at this time i I felt like that was a really impressive way to come out and stand out and say that um this year for me it's been Bumbles, my love is black love. I have never <laughs> seen anything I have. Let me not be dramatic. It <laughs> incredibly well executed. Like I remember seeing a short clip of it and being like, I need more immediately. What is this? I probably spent an hour just like, who is it? Where can I like it just explore it's not just because we're talking about black love which is the thing that is often molded to fit what is palatable in this content it's so varied it's so like it looks at so many different verticals there's a 
LGBTQ plus couples, like, and just watching it, you're like, I myself can see myself in that. I know that my friends will watch that and see themselves. It just allows for there to be blackness in all of its intersections. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. The way it was shot, the editing of it, where it was shot. I was like, you cared enough to make sure that there wasn't a blue light in the room. I cannot tell you the amount of times I see black people lit by blue lights and I'm like, why? Stop doing that. It's not necessary. Like, everyone told her. Huh? She said it. And they just weren't listening. Like, yeah. Honestly, everything about that campaign. And it, you know, when you watch something and you're like, oh, there was a black person in the room. A black person made that decision. I love it. I love everything about it. The people that were in the content had a say in what shaped that. Like, if you look on the flip side and you look at Royal Mail's post box nonsense, and you're just like, how can both brands have lived through the exact same 2020? And have landed at such different different points that like how can one get it so wrong and one get it so right i mean the answer is easy there were no black people in the room at royal mail and that has been proven there is nobody at an exec or above level that is black which is why they started painting post boxes i don't know if you've ever requested somebody to paint a post box but me myself i have not um so yeah like bumble and everything that they did this year has yeah i've loved it it's been my favorite what I really love about it from from a issues management point of view is and this all started because this white lady posted on Twitter saying that I didn't know that there was a preference tab on Bumble. I think this is wrong. Why do you, why are you allowed to choose what race you allow on your Bumble page? And everyone was like, no, actually, this protects me. I don't want somebody who fetishizes my skin color to come up in my inbox and just be talking crazy. And Bumble took that and built a whole story on it. I don't know, they may, they may have had it in the canon for a while, but the fact that it came off of the back of that, just for me, made it seem like, yeah, you're a real, genuine brand that cares about, you know, people's safety and, and, and people's preferences. The last question, just to, like, round up, um, in a nutshell, what's the one area of the one thing that you think that the industry, the comms industry, needs to do to ensure that it carries on valuing our perspective and hearing us as black people? I really, really, I didn't know much about PR before the opportunity arose for me to, to intern here. And whilst I was here, I learned that I really like it. And I saw the benefit in having more people like me in this space. I think as I've said, when you prioritize marginalized groups, you prioritize minorities, you do inevitably cater to the needs of everybody. I almost just have to echo, it is recruitment and then retention. Like there is no shortage of young black people in this country. And I also did not have a clue what PR was before. I got into it. My first experience with PR was somebody asking me to write a press release and I had to go home and Google what a press release was. Like, I just did not know. So I think there needs to be a deliberate effort to bring in more black talent at entry level. But then 
once they're in, like, do more to keep them in. It's about making sure that people are seen, people are heard, people are understood, and people are valued as members of teams. So I ran a intern program at my last agency and very intentionally over three quarters of the interns I hired were black people like it wasn't by accident um and it then means that some of them I was then able to I wasn't able to but the agency then hired and they were kept on but experience is invaluable so I think as an industry, and I said it when I spoke to you, um, Tosin, it it needs to be an industry-wide effort. One or two agencies going and doing their best like is great, but until PR says the fact that 90% of this industry is white is a problem, it won't change. We can sit and have these conversations amongst ourselves, the black people in PR, but the 10% can literally only do so much. Like, and it's a, a conversation that has been had many, many times. It is almost a relinquishing of power. Like, just a little. Like, see what is there. Like, as you were saying, Katu, like, we offer such a different opinion. Like, on most things, like, the internet that I inhabit is different to the internet that probably you are in, different to the internet that um, a white man would see, a white woman would see. Like, we all come with different experiences and different lives and different journeys that we can then contribute. And when you look at um, experiences in more than just through one lens, it's how you end up with a... Um, my love is black love. It's how you end up with campaigns like that that speak to the intersections, that speak to more people. So I think, yeah, recruitment and retention, do more to get black people in, do more to keep black people in. It makes no sense that black people don't get above account manager level, but the only reason that they don't get above account manager level is because they don't see anybody that looks like them above account manager level, so they don't think it's possible, so they leave. Thanks a lot to Tosin and our panellists for this episode of the Freudcast. And thanks to you for listening as well. You can keep up to date with what's going on at Freud's by following us on LinkedIn and Instagram. Bye for now. <laughs>